teaching on how to train your human spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man is a tripartite being. Man is a spirit. Essentially, you are a spirit. You have a soul and then you live in a body. And this is the way that we are expected to live as Christians. From our spirit man, inside out. We are not supposed to live outside in. We are supposed to live inside out. Even the whole kingdom of God, Jesus said in Luke 17, verses 20 to 21, is within us, is locked up in our spirit. You will find that as a believer, as you are working with the Lord, your spirit man, because it's recreated after God, always wants to please God. Your spirit man wants to feed on the word of God. Your spirit man is that part of you that wants to pray for several hours and wants to do the things of God, wants to walk in righteousness. But then you discover a war within your members, like Paul said in Romans 7, that that which I want to do, I find that it's just so difficult, I can't do it. It is the evil I don't want to do that I'm doing. Now what is happening is that your flesh, which is on the outside, is warring against the spirit man. Is, uh, the flesh is not born again and is not planning to be. And so the flesh wants to continue to live the way it used to live before you give your life to Christ. When you gave your life to Christ, the part of you that got born again was your spirit. That part of you got saved. That part of you got recreated in the image of God. And that part of you wanted to and still wants to love the Lord and wants to go the extra mile in doing the things of God. But the flesh, which is on the outside, doesn't want to do anything, doesn't want to change. Wants life to continue. Business as usual. Now, in between your spirit and your flesh, which is your body, which we see, is your soul. Your soul is sandwiched in between. But then it is also the powerhouse. The soul is divided into, the th into three compartments. The will, the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And that's where your decisions are made. Now, the essence of this teaching is to help train your spirit man, which is the most important part of you, your you, the real you. If that powerhouse is strong enough, it gives instructions to the soul. Tells the soul what to meditate on, what to think, what instructions to take. And then the soul tells the body what to do. If you live that way, you will discover that you will live like a child of God. You will, you will live the Bible and you will live victoriously. You will live above this earth realm. You will live above the world. The things that kill others, that destroy them will not have power over you because your spirit man is in sync with God. Whatever is going to defeat you is going to have to defeat God. Your life is now hidden in Christ, in God. Your life, your real you, is now hidden in Christ, in God. So whoever and whatever is going to have to defeat you will have to defeat God first and then take Christ, defeat him, and then defeat you. And you know that is not possible. This is the victorious life. However, not many Christians live it. Not many. In fact... Some people have been so defeated in their flesh. They have formed doctrines. That's why, that's why you have all kind of uh, variations of the gospel now. Because some people have not been able to live a disciplined life. They've not been able to train their spirit man. They have fallen short 
again and again and again, which is what the flesh enjoys. Which is, and anybody can do any stupid thing. You don't need to be born again to sin. It's just natural with the fallen nature of Adam. Now, but because certain Christians have tried, maybe well-meaning people, they've tried their best to live a righteous life. But they couldn't. Now, they have formed their own sects of Christianity. And they have developed doctrines around that. And nothing destroys a man than wrong belief. It will form a stronghold in their minds, in their soul. A stronghold is like, like these pillars that, hope, that uphold this building. Very strong. But their thoughts. And these thoughts dictate the way they live their lives. It forms their belief system. And you see, according to Proverbs 23 and verse 4 or verse 7, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Let me check that very quickly. You can't, you can't go beyond your thought life. So some people have come to that point where they think, mm, the Christian life is, you see, God doesn't care how you live. Just, just be born again. Say the salvation prayer once, and then you can go ahead and live the way you like. No, it won't work that way. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. He said, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think, so are you. You can't be greater than your thought life. So, what we intend to achieve by the help of God is to take up the thoughts of God from his spirit into your born again spirit. Let that form your stronghold. Let that now dictate to your soul what to think. And from there, instructions to your body. There is always this warfare going on every time because your spirit man wants to serve God, wants to please the Lord, wants to love the Lord, wants to do the things of God every time, but the flesh wants to continue to live the way it used to live before you got born again. That's why you see that people are born again and they are still living the way they were living before. And then you wonder, but you say you are born again and you are still going to sleep in your boyfriend's house. You are spending the weekend there and they have, they see nothing wrong with it. In fact, some of these churches, these new generation churches, the people, the, the couples live together before they get married. It was unheard of when we were growing up, when we gave our lives to Christ. I mean, if they say you are born again, you are, you are literally separate from the world. You can't be doing the things that the worldly people are doing. Today, there are pastors who are night crawlers. They are going to nightclubs. General overseers of ministries going to nightclub. I've had stories of more than one, more than two, even in this city. Plenty of them. And you see them with big suits. You see them all over town, running programs. I, say, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> if you see me anywhere, in any Christian program, anywhere, uh, I am led by God to go there. Uh, because it's, it's safer that way. It's safer for me to rather spend my time in the presence of the Lord. And see, in Nigeria, we go by the big names. That big man is coming. Do you know what he's doing in his private life? Anybody can see anything. Talk is cheap. Anybody can give you revelation from the word of God and give you something. And you know one thing I've seen with Nigerian ministers? Everybody is trying to come up with their own revelation. Just recently, I had one of the people that you guys listen to. He said, with due apologies to all the fathers of the faith, that statement, God says it, I believe it, that settles it, is incomplete and incorrect. Incomplete. God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. It's incomplete. Because everybody 
is trying to come up with their own, you know, like Bishop Susu said. And they wanted to hold on to that. It's Apostle Susu. I'm, I'm the originator of that statement and of that revelation. They want you to quote them and put their name. I pity this generation that cannot sit down with the Holy Spirit and study the word of God. The little light you have, have you maximized it? That you are looking for extra lights, strange lights. All the young ministers are busy correcting the fathers now. That's what they are doing. They are busy correcting the fathers and the faith. And I look at them and say, because you have a crowd, it doesn't mean anything. T.B. Joshua had more than your crowd. Many like him have come and they've gone. It's not about the crowd. Anybody can gather crowd. At some point in the ministry of Jesus, all men forsook him. In fact, he asked the apostles, what are you still waiting for? At some point in Paul's ministry, all men forsook him. He said, when I called, nobody answered. The, the true gospel really doesn't have mass appeal. We need to be very careful. People have formed their own doctrine, their own revelation out of weaknesses. It's amazing how God is calling them into ministry, but he's not calling them away from sin. I mean, there are certain things that even the world does not expect of us. If the world sees you as a born-again Christian in the club, your, your friends that are not born again, if they see you in the club, they should be shocked. Ah, pastor, what are you doing here? Even though you are not a pastor. But the moment you are born again, they tag you. So if they see you there, they should be shocked. If they are not shocked, then you are not saved. You are not born again. You are not different from them. General overseers, drinking red wine. <laughs> the little wine is good for the heart. I don't know how many people, if, if that's the medicine for the heart, nobody should be having cardiac arrest. Professors of cardiology are dying of cardiac arrest. There are plenty of wine in their homes. It is not wine that keeps your heart. It is God that keeps your heart strong. Are you with me, church? So we must learn to do things right. And I'm showing you, the, the, the gospel is very simple. This is it. This is the narrow way. Just walk in it. Train your spirit man to the point that your spirit man is the one that dictates to your soul and then from the soul to the body. If you live that way, you will live victoriously 24-7. Does it mean things won't come against you? Does it mean there won't be challenges? Does it mean there won't be temptations? There will be. You will be tempted. Yeah, you will be drawn. You will be, you'll be pressured, but you will always overcome. You will always say thanks be to God who causes us always to triumph. Where? In Christ Jesus, as long as we stay in Christ Jesus, we triumph. As long as our revelations and our instructions are coming from his spirit to our spirit. Because the day you got born again, the spirit of God came into your spirit man. And so they are interwoven. Now, if that is where you receive your instructions from, you are safe. Because the Holy Ghost will never mislead you. Let me share with you five steps tonight to train your spirit. It's important that we train our spirits. If you leave it untrained, it will be there. You are born again, but you still be living a defeated life. Something is chasing me in my dream. Now, we need to check our lives every time. In fact, every December, do a check. How much have you grown this year? If the same temptations that were tripping you five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, are still the ones tripping you. Even if the same temptation of last year are still the same things tripping you this year, it shows you are not growing. You should have gone from the level of baby steps to the level of walking to the level of running. Hallelujah. Number one, meditation. I started with this last week. 
Meditation is not something that belongs to the people in the Eastern world. Of, of, of course, they celebrate it in the form of yoga and some of these other practices, soul travel and things like that, that some of the occultic people do. The original is from the Bible. Meditation originally is a gift from God. One of the things that meditation does is that it stretches your imagination. The Holy Spirit shared that with me, showed me that this evening. It stretches your imagination. And because you are meditating in the word of God, meditation helps you to travel into God's supernatural world of possibilities. Where impossible is nothing. Everybody meditates. But what you are meditating on is different. While some of us are meditating the word of God, some people are meditating the words of Satan. When Satan says anything to you and you meditate on his word, it produces worry, it produces fear, it produces anxiety, it produces all manner of disorders, psychological disorders. If you put all of them together, ADHD, uh, all of those things that people deal with now, these mental health issues, if you, if you crash them together, you can trace them to meditation. What is it? They are pondering on what Satan has said. He can just give you a thought. For example, now you know you are, you are 19. Between now and next year, it's possible that you don't survive. Look at the economy of Nigeria. Your daddy doesn't have a job. Your mom has lost her job. Everybody's broke now. How are you going to be surviving? Now you have gained admission. Who is going to pay 350000 for you? Now, look at it now. Even your house rent now has expired. Now, just look at it. Just take a look. Now, by the time he's done sowing those seeds into your mind, if you don't cast them down immediately and go to the word of God and meditate to the point that you can see that your God is the one supplying all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and is not broke and does not need your help but only needs for you to believe, you, you will allow the, the, the thoughts of Satan to take root in your mind and if it takes root, it becomes a stronghold. And the moment it becomes a stronghold, it looks like there's no escape route for you. And if there's no escape route for you, it will depress you. People allow depression to so sink into their soul, they become suicidal. Why do people want to commit suicide? Because they see hopelessness. They can't see light. They see darkness. They have come to the conclusion that this chapter of their lives is the final chapter. There is no other chapter. A brighter day does not exist. A brighter day cannot come. So, this is it and this is it. So, this is who I am. That's it. And listen, the kind of music you listen to also. As I just made that statement now, this is who I am. I remember a song I used to listen to back in those days. From one of the R&B singers. Whose name you all know. One of our lines in one of our songs says, So, this is who I am. Now, this is not who you are. Amen? If you are living in depression and you are hearing, so this is who I... Then you start crying. So this is who I am. <laughs> Why are you crying? Nobody beats you. But the thoughts are beating you. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? The thoughts are heavy. That's called depression. What is depression? It sits on you. It's a spirit. It sits on you. It depresses you. When you are driving, I mean, to drive, you need to depress the pedals, the accelerator and the brake. If it's automatic. If it's manual transmission... Well, you have the accelerator, you have the brake, you have the, uh, the clutch. You depress them. When you press it down, it's called depression. You depress. That's what Satan does to people. With thoughts. Just one thought. 
One thought can destroy one. Do you know you can be happy in the midst of your friends and you're cool and everything is fine? One thought comes. One thought. Nobody beats you. And your mood changes. And everybody says, ah, what's wrong with you? Everything okay? Everything not okay. Why? See, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I'm not even in, sorry, excuse me. I have to go. One thought. Not a text message. Not a phone call. One thought. Invisible. And you are telling me the realm of the spirit is not real? In the same way, you can wake up being blue and moody and all of that. And the devil is giving you thoughts and all of that. And the Holy Ghost gives you one thought. One thought. You are loved of God forever. He can love you more. He can love you less. No matter what you do, there is nothing you can do to earn God's love. No, he just loves you. Really? And that can lift your mood. It's important where you are feeding from. Meditation, listen, is feeding. Meditation is feeding. I want to encourage you to feed daily on the word of God. You see, when we talk about reading the Bible daily, reading the Bible daily, it's not because we want to fulfill some religious obligation. No, it is for your life. It is for your destiny. If you are malnourished as a believer, your strength will be small. We get strength from feeding. The writer of Proverbs said, if you fail in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Where do you get strength from? You fast for three days and three nights, and they say, come and carry 50 bags of cement. Or come and carry, sorry, 50 kg water. You can't carry it. They say, no, let me break my fast. You want me to faint? Or someone said, let's go to the gym. Let's go and pump iron. When you are fasting 21 days, my brother, you will go from the gym to the gym. But let me go and break my fast. I don't know. Like I've said time and time again, I don't understand biology to know how food is converted to energy. But I do know that when I'm really, really very hungry, I don't want to fight. I'm weak. But the moment you give me a mountain of apple and I'm done eating, energy comes. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You, just, you have energy to read, energy to run, energy to do anything because somehow you derive energy from that food. You derive spiritual energy from meditating on the word of God. So when you see yourself being spiritually weak, you are not under attack. If you are under attack, you are under spiritual laziness attack. Get into the word. Feed. Meditation is feeding on what God has said. When you feed long enough on what God has said, a point will come. It won't matter what the people are saying anymore. Are you with me? Are you with me? You'll be running your life by what God has said. And what God has said, one word from God is able to transform your life forever. One word from God. I was meditating Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Many, many years ago. It wasn't long after I joined this church. I joined this church in the year 2001. I guess some of you were still in heaven at the time. 2001, and I began to be espoused to the ministry of the word in this church. I used to carry my Bible around voraciously, I mean, <laughs> you know, as a religious person. But I remember that in secondary school, I used to read a lot. I just, I didn't understand it. I just read my Bible. Read it from cover to cover. Read everywhere. Mark it, mark. All my Bible suffered. I didn't understand what I was reading, but I was reading. But it was when I came to this church, I began to understand, okay, that somebody could even teach the Bible. What's Bible study? I didn't know Bible study. I knew prayer meetings. I knew vigils, yeah. I knew concerts. But I didn't know Bible study. So as I began to be exposed and, ex and espoused to the word of God, 
I began to go back on my own to study and to meditate. That day, I was meditating Galatians 3, 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I looked at that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? So I went back to Deuteronomy 28 and I read all the curses from verse 15 to 68. That's the curse of the law. The curse of breaking the law. All right? But Christ has redeemed us from it. What if we do those things that they say should not be done? Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He's not about to. This is the New Testament now. This is not Old Testament anymore. Everything has been done. Everything is in the past now. Amen. Like Isaiah. Isaiah 53. He looked into the future and prophesied. In verse 5, he said, by whose stripes you are healed. He said, Isaiah looked into the future and he saw the Messiah. He was, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes or with his stripes we are healed. We are. Isaiah was prophesying that this is what is going to happen. This is what the Messiah is going to accomplish. The Hamashiach. But this was before the cross. This puts it in the future. Jesus then came and fulfilled the law. And fulfilled the word of God. And fulfilled his mission of reconciling man back to God. So when Peter was going to rewrite this, in 1 Peter 2.24, Peter put it in the past. So where are we coming from? We are coming from the cross. The cross is now in our past. So these people under the old covenant, the cross was still in their future. Jesus was not yet born. But for us, the New Testament Christians, the, we, are, we are coming from the cross. The cross is our past now. On the cross, what did he do? He died. He paid for our sins. He paid for the penalty of our sins. He paid for our sicknesses and diseases. And so Peter said, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree, on the cross, that we, been dead to sins, but now we are dead to sins. We sin now if we want to. We don't have to. Are you with me? We don't have to. You don't have to lie. You just lie like you want to lie. It doesn't have dominion over you anymore. You have a new nature now. We've been dead to sins. Should. This is expected of us. We should. I hope this is in the Bible of everybody. This is God's expectation. That we should live unto righteousness. We may choose to not live unto righteousness. But we should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Peter put it in the past. We are not going to be healed. No. No, never. We were healed. Amen. Amen. That mentality will set you free. We were healed. Papa Higgin was feeling some symptoms around his heart after the Lord had supernaturally raised him. Years ago, you know, Satan is like the goat of the beast market. After God has, you know, given you victory over him, he will come back again and try you and tempt you with same sickness or same temptation, whatever it is. That's why you have to train your spirit man. So that when the same thing comes, you overcome again. And again, and again, and again. It's not like I overcame yesterday. Oh, today I'm defeated. No, we are meant to overcome every day. So he was feeling all the symptoms and he was lying there on his bed. And Satan came and said, this time you are not going to be healed. You're going to die. You are not going to get healed this time. And he had the revelation that everything that Christ has done is already in the past. So he said, I'm not going to get healed. Yes, I know I'm not going to be healed. And then he burst into laughter. <laughs> then he was now laugh, laughing at the devil. And Satan got so angry. That guy is so proud. Everything about him is prideful. 
doesn't like you to disrespect him. So why are you laughing? You're laughing at me? He said, yes, I'm laughing at you. Why are you laughing at me? We're having a conversation. A man having a conversation with the spirit. Knowing because as a man, you are a spirit yourself. Why are you laughing at me? He said, I'm laughing at you because you said I'm not going to be healed. Yes, I mean it. You are not going to be healed this time. You are not going to be healed. Papa Hagen laughed. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? He said, because you said I'm not going to get healed. I mean it. You are not going to be healed. You are going to die. That went on for a while. He kept repeating the same thing because you said, I am not going to be healed. Then finally, he said, he got up. Opened this Bible to 1 Peter 2.24. Said, now listen, Mr. Defeated Devil. I know you are ignorant. You don't know how to read the Bible. You read the Bible upside down. Let me read this to you. And he read First Peter 2, 24 to him. By whose stripes you were healed. Did you, did you hear that? I was healed. I am not going to be healed. I was already healed. And so I am healed. If I was, I am. Can I have an amen to that? I will not be Fred. I am Fred. I was named Fred. That's my name. It will never feature in my prayer point. Lord, it's the year 2024, the year of dominion. Make my name Fred. Make my name. If you pray like that, you are ignorant. Don't pray for what God has already given you, what is already done. In fact, that's why most of our prayers should be thanksgiving and a lot of praying in the spirit. Because almost all the things you're asking for, God has already done them. And if you're asking him to come and do what he has already done, he'll be looking at you like, what do you mean? You're wasting my time and you're wasting your time. If I take off my bracelet now and give it to you for like a, and then it's, 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 it's with you. And I say, Pastor, please, I pray you, Pastor, please give me your bracelet. You have my bracelet. Will you be praying for it again? Pastor, please give it to me. No, I've given you a gift. Oh, if something is a gift and you know it's a gift, what do you say? Come and talk to me, church. Thank you. So most of our prayers actually should be thanksgiving. Thanking God. That's why you see most of the Pauline prayers. I thank my God always for you. I thank God that the remembrance of you. I thank God that your faith is growing exceedingly. I thank my God for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Amen. Our prayer points will be few. Not that they don't exist at all, but they will be few. But a lot of the things that God has done we are still asking him to do it. Come and do it, oh God. And he's looking at you. You are so ignorant. Meditate the word. When you meditate the word, you are training your spirit man. Your, your spirit man is in the gym. Your spirit will be happy that you are training. Like those of you that go to the gym, your body is happy. That Man, I'm sweating. I'm burning calories. Your body is happy. Your body is saying, thank you. You are stretching me quite all right, but I'm grateful. Meditation is so important. God himself gave this instruction to jo Joshua. When he took over from Moses, Joshua 1 and verse 8. So let me finish Papa Egan's story. Finally, so when he read that scripture to Satan, then he said to him, take your dirty hands off of me and get out of here. Pack your bags and go. What, are, what were his bags? The symptoms. And Satan left in defeat because somebody knew that he was already healed. We are the healed people whom Satan is trying to make sick. We are not the sick looking for healing. Even if you feel symptoms of sickness in your body, you are not the sick looking for healing. You are the healed of the Lord. When did you get healed? 
on that day on the cross of Calvary. Can I have an amen to that? And Jesus is not going back to the cross. Amen? Not because of you, not because of me, not because of anybody. He's not going back there. He's done it and he said it is finished. So you better believe in the finished works. So sit and pack your stuff and get out of here. This is the healed man. I'm the healed of the Lord. Somebody said, I say, I'm the healed of the Lord. Whom Satan is trying to make sick. And I'm not going to buy into his sickness. Say that, say that. Come on, say it like, say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy from you, Mr. Satan. I won't patronize you. <laughs> People sell stuff online. And they say, come and patronize me, oh, I beg. I see people's status and I laugh. Don't beg anybody to patronize you now. Just advertise your stuff and trust the Lord. Somebody will see. Somebody will slide into your DM and say, I'm ordering 55,000 worth of goods. And then you deliver. And, okay, look, I'm going to recommend it to my friends. Trust God. Don't be begging everybody around. Turn yourself to a beggar. Don't do that. Papa Hagen said, look, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not the sick. I feel the symptoms, but I know it's you. Because it's not the Holy Spirit. For this cause, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. Sickness is part of the works of the devil. Sickness is not a messenger from God. Can I have an amen? <laughs> and sickness is not a teacher of God's children. God put that sickness on me so he could teach me a lesson. No, sir. That's religion. God doesn't put any sickness on anybody. There is no sickness in heaven. Where will God get sickness? The Holy Spirit is the teacher of God's children. Amen? So always know what's in the past. And this comes from the place of meditation. God said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Put that on the screen. That was where we stopped last week. Take time to meditate the word. It's very, very important. Meditation takes time. So give it the time that it requires. This book of the Lord shall not depart. Let's read it again. Put your name there like we did last week. That was how we ended the service last week. Let's take it from there now. This book of the law. Let's, let's read. Make it out loud. This book of the law shall not depart out of Fred's mouth. But Fred shall meditate therein day and night. Not only during the day, but also in the night. It helps to form your dreams and visions. It helps you to renew your mind before you go to bed. So all those ojuju kalakuta running after you in the dream will leave you alone. Amen. Let's take it again. This book of the law shall not depart out of Fred's mouth, but Fred shall meditate therein day and night, that Fred may yet observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then Fred shall make Fred's way prosperous, and then Fred shall have good success. So, I am going to have good success. Amen? I don't know about you, but I am going to have good success. Um, I'm not praying. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm informing you so that you'll not be shocked. When you see me before the end of this year, I'm in good success. You see me next year, I'm in greater success. You see me the year after, and I'm, my path is just getting brighter and brighter because I'm following the word of God. Some say everything depends on the head. Is your head. Everybody has a good head. Everybody. Did God make some heads bad? Say so this head is the head of misfortune. Tell me the shape of a misfortune. Of an unfortunate head. God didn't make anybody to be unfortunate. Your choices make you. And your choices mar you. You choose. You choose. Even in the ministry. In the work of the ministry. I've seen people over the years. And I've been wowed. I've seen God lift people from zero to something. Because they listen, they obey, they followed God. And I've seen people act like they know everything and psh, nothing to write them about. Choice! It's not head. No, it's in the Bible. If, if your head is good, is, is, that, is that in the Bible? I used to sing those kind of stupid songs. I didn't know. 
kind of head. My head is good. Someone say, my head is good. Say, my head is a good head. God didn't make your head coconut. He made it the head of a human being. Do you know the number of neurons in your brain that form your brain? Billions of them. It's good. But what are the choices you're making? You want to have good success? You want to make your way prosperous? God said one thing to do. Meditate. And I gave you the Hebrew word for it, Hagar. And it's also the word Shuak. In the Greek is Meletao. To, to, they call it Hagar. That's meditation. You open the word of God. Like David said, thy word have I found. And he said your word, the meditation of your word, your word is sweet to my meditation. He said, I have found your word like one that has found a great spoil. That's Hagar. When a lion founds a spoil, kills a bigger animal, sits it down, tears it to pieces, and begins to savour the meat, savour the organs, is Hagar. That's the way we should sit down with the word of God and enjoy the word. Are you with me, church? There's no way you do that, that you will not have revelation. I've always said it. The Holy Ghost said to me, Revelation is in the womb of meditation. You're looking for revelation? Holy Ghost has plenty of it, but it lies in the womb of meditation. Meditation is so important. Isaac went out in Genesis 24 and verse 63 into the field. Genesis 24, 63. On the screen, please. And he went out to meditate. Genesis 24 and 63. Please open your Bible. This is Bible study. Genesis 24 and verse 63. Who taught him to meditate? I'm sure he must have seen his father Abraham do that. Abraham the patriarch. Genesis 24 and verse 63. The Bible says, okay, let me take it from verse 62 now. And Isaac came from the way out of the well, Lahairoi, for he dwelt in the south country. He came out, all right? And Isaac went out, he went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. In the evening, he went out into the field to meditate. What does it mean to meditate? To think, to ponder, to muse, to mutter. Mama, mama, stop higher. You, you, you can pick one scripture. You think through it. You form mental images through it. You see yourself in it. And then you begin to say it. You begin to confess. Confession is part of meditation. That's why some confessions don't work. They don't work because they are copied. Nigerians like to copy everything. Copy, copy. Even when you copy, sit down with the word of God. Look at the scriptural basis for your affirmation. Affirmation doesn't work because you are following somebody online. And they said, this is your affirmation for today, Monday. I'm beautiful. I'm loved. I'm fine. I'm accepted. You can go to the next appointment and you are rejected. They say, ah, oh, that affirmation thing doesn't work. No, it's not like it doesn't work. Did you get the revelation? You are writing on someone else's revelation. Have you found out from the word of God that you are loved? If yes, nobody can unlove you. Are you with me? If you find out from the word of God you are accepted, nobody can reject you. Are they more powerful than the word of God? Come on, talk to me now. The governor says, you are accepted, you are employed. Deputy governor says, no, we can't employ you. Who is the father of that deputy governor? Let alone head of service. 
or chief of staff. Who are they? His excellency says so, so, and so. That's the head of the executive arm of the government. Some of you, do you know that if you get a note from the president, you don't need a visa to go to any country? Any commonwealth nation that Nigeria has commonwealth agreement with? The Nigerian president can give you a note, just a note, and they, they pick you. They pick you from Abuja, fly you to that country. Because you have been recommended by the, by the president. It's called the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Within the villa, they refer to the president as the CNC. If the minute on a, on a, uh, a letter for you, or maybe he does, and they write CNC, that's the commander-in-chief. At the state level, they say H.E., His Excellency. That note, one note, can change your life. But that's a man that will leave the office after a particular number of years. How about the Most High God putting his seal of approval on Teoluwa, his seal of approval on you? Nobody can disapprove of you. But let your confession, let your, your muttering, your musing have a root in the word of God. Not because you follow somebody that's eloquent online, that's always giving out nice speeches, nice words. Those things may tickle your flesh. Alright? Motivational talks can help your head. It, can, it won't help your spirit. To help your spirit, you sit with the word of God. Nobody can do this for you. Do it yourself. I was on that Galatians 3, 13 and 14 when I saw many, many years ago, Christ has redeemed me from the cause of the law. He been made a cause for us, for it is written, cause everyone that hung out on the tree. Then verse 14, beginning, jumped at me. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Wow. The word that made a difference. I've been reading that scripture for many years. That day I was meditating. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Redeemed from what? The curse of the law. Redeemed for what? For the blessing of Abraham. Not redeemed and left alone. Not redeemed and left neutral. No. Redeemed from something unto something. Unto what? The blessing of Abraham. And I found out according to Proverbs 10.22 that that blessing, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he has no sorrow. So it should not be a surprise to anybody that a child of God is rich. What does it mean to be rich? To have abundant supply. You need one man, ten men are standing attention. You are rich. Amen? It's not, it's not necessarily all about money. Money is a part of it and you should have it. And we will have it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? But if you get it right from the realm of the spirit, you will get it in the physical, in the natural. Isaac went out into the field in the evening to meditate. This was a practice for Isaac. Alone in the evening, just went out. They didn't have the full scriptures like we have now. Limited. And yet he meditated. He meditated on, on the God of his father. There was no other role model but Abraham for Isaac. He was his dad. His dad was his role model. But his dad had espoused him to El Elyon, the God on the highest mountains, the most high God. 
not the sun, not the moon, not the stars that they were serving because they were moon worshippers and sun worshippers. He said, no, there's a God on the highest mountains that we can see. His name is El Elyon. And Isaac meditated on that. Imagine you now having full Bible, Genesis to Revelation. What's your excuse? How much did they have? How much access to the world did they have at the time? No wonder. Two chapters later, Genesis 26, the famine hit the land. Isaac knew what to do when the famine came. He wanted to travel. The word of the Lord came to him. Stay in that land. What? It's time to jack doesn't no, Stay, you stay. Everybody's jackpot. You stay. For what? So in the land. Sir, nobody sows in the time of famine. In the time of famine is what you is when you keep what you have, the little you have, like the days in which we live. Nobody likes to give anybody anything now. In fact, they say that if you are, if you ask anybody for money now, you are wicked. But it is not true. It is the natural man's way of thinking. We are all going through the same thing. Listen, be careful, be careful, be careful with your mouth, what you are saying. We are not all going through the same thing. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we, are, we are living the same economy. I understand that. But we live in another kind of economy. Heaven's economy. Where there is no recession. And there is no inflation. Where my God shall supply all your need. According not to the central bank of Nigeria. To his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. How rich is God in glory? Little glory? The glory on the face of Jesus alone. Brights up the whole planet of heaven. We have, that, we have that in Revelation, I think 21 or 22. The, the light on the face of Jesus lightens, it, it brightens up the entire planet of heaven. The light on the face of the Lamb. There's no day, no, there's, sorry, there's no night there. Because the Lamb himself is the light of the city. My God, our God will supply. Let's look at that scripture, let's look for it. Revelation. I think it's 21. You can't get these things unless you, unless you sit down to meditate. You can't. Let me watch African magic and all the nonsense on social media. And you want to walk in revelation. You'll just be talking what they are talking. Everybody is tough. Things are tough. And it will be tough for you according to your confession. For me, this is my best time. Amen. You see, light shines brightest during darkness. That's when you appreciate light. And it says concerning you, Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You already said darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but upon you, the glory of the Lord will arise and shine, and it will show forth. Abba. Abba. Verse 22 now, 23 of Revelation 21, and the city had no need of the sun. Sun became jobless. Neither of the moon. Moon became jobless. To shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. Jesus is the lamb of God. He's the light of the city. The light on his face. Amen. In, go to verse 25. It says, and the gates of it shall not be shut all at all by day. For there shall be no night there. What is night? Dark time. There's no darkness. Because Jesus is the light of the city. So there's no room for night. 
Men, I look forward to that city, man. Anything that will take you to hell, drop it. Sex, sex, all your life, sex, sex. Drop it! Light! There's a city coming, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into, into it anything that defiles. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. There is the general book of life where everybody's name is written. Every child born into this world. But there is another book of life called the Lamb's book of life. This is where the names of those who are born again are written. These are the people that are qualified to be in the city. Amen. You only get that by meditation. Meditation. Genesis 26, when the famine hit, Isaac sowed in the land. Genesis 26 and verse 12. He sowed in the land in the time of famine. Can I have that now quickly? Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. You don't sow in famine. You keep the little you have in famine to sustain yourself and family in famine. Only those who are meditating the word of God who understand that those who give to the poor lend to the Lord and the Lord will repay him that which he has lent him. Only those people sow in this time of famine. This is the time everybody wants to keep the little they have. This is the time for the wise people, God's children, to sow, give, look for somebody, send money to a friend, send to your parents, send to family members, send to church members. Be a blessing. Yes. This is the highway. Mm. No, 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 don't try it. Don't listen to Pastor Fred, though. Keep what you have because according to them, listen, a bird in hand is what you in the bush. Where is that in the Bible? People quote, oh my God. People say the Bible says, heaven helps those who help themselves. Show me that in the Bible. It's not there. A bird in hand is what you in the bush. It may make sense in the natural. But in the supernatural, it makes no sense. In fact, the Bible says, cast your bread upon many waters. After many days, it will come back. The world says, no, half a loaf is better than none. Everything about the word of God is contrary to the word. The, the, the world out there. The world out there is contrary to the word of God. The word of God is contrary to the world out there. This one says, we see through the eyes of faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He said, we walk not by sight, we walk by faith. In the world, they say, seeing is believing. Seeing is faith. When you see it, then, you, ah, yes, I believe. But in the word of God, you believe first before you see. John eleven forty, 40, I think it was. Jesus said, did I not say to you, if thou shouldest believe. Put that on the screen. If thou shouldest believe. If thou wouldest, thou wouldest believe. Thou shouldest see the glory of God. You believe before you see. Meditation helps you to believe. Meditation helps you to see the bigness of your God. And the smallness, pardon me, pardon my English, of your situation. Any situation. Every situation poses itself to be larger than life. You are going through the worst time of your life. Nobody is carrying this kind of problem all over the world. It's a lie. Some people have been there before. They've been through worse situations. They didn't die. 
And you will not die but live. You are the one to testify. Can I have an amen? It comes from the place of meditation. Meditation strengthens your spirit man. You just be solid. You are just unshaken, unfettered, unruffled by meditation. Isaac was a strong man. He dug a well. God blessed him in famine. The Philistines envied him. We don't have time to read the entire chapter. Read it when you get home. Genesis 26. Everybody was in hunger. Isaac was going to farm to reap. <laughs> oh yeah, fill up that truck. Truck one, full of mango. Truck two, oranges. Truck three, yam. Truck four, cocoa yam. Truck five, tomatoes. The Philistines were looking. Hey! This guy has buried one of our citizens in his farm. You know, when people cannot explain your success, they look for a way to taint your testimony. How can your ministry be growing, growing when every, almost every other church is closing down? Envy is everywhere, including ministry. Why should your business be flourishing when everybody's closing their shops? People have not recovered from the pandemic. You, you are doing well. You have opened four shops. May they envy you. Okay. Did you understand that? Nobody envies failure. How come? You are the only lawyer here every time. Are you the only lawyer in this office? You are the only one that a guy is giving brief, brief. Maybe you are even dating a guy. Yes. Let them talk. Let them say it. If they don't say that, means you are not making impact. Make impact. Joseph wore the favor coat of his father. The father favored him. The brothers envied him. But they couldn't kill him. They sold him out. Much later, he told them, he said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for my good. God sent me here. You thought you sold me here, but it was God that sent me to come and preserve life. Now, you have money. Eat your money. You can't eat their money. Say, yeah, sold food to them. Say, return the money. We are not broke here. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I say, hallelujah. The ways of God are not the ways of man. How can you be sowing in famine? And God so ensured that he didn't get 30-fold return. He didn't get 60-fold return. He got a hundred-fold. Hundred-fold return. My goodness. That's like sowing 10,000 and reaping a million. That's hundred-fold. You put 10,000 into a business and in the same year, you make one million profit. 10,000. One million. Ah! Only God does that. Because God said to him, so. In farming, you eat what you have you pres to preserve life. God said so. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> and I shared this with my wife. I think it was two, three nights ago. I just woke up with that. That revelation hit me again. I said, God showed me something overnight. Too. In this season, we must look for somebody to sow. Somewhere. Somebody, a family, struggling to sow. He said, no, 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 no. Don't give anybody money. No, 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 no. Well, everything. I'm not saying be a waster. Mm -mm. I'm not saying that. But be intentional about being a blessing. And I'm not saying do transaction with God. Kalo, kalo, God. <laughs> I saw 10,000. God, you know? You're wasting your time. It's your 10,000. Jeje. But if it's from a heart of love, you hate to see other brethren, especially suffer. Galatians 6 9 says to do, no, 6 6 now. It says to do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. And in 6 9, you should be following me. Media, you should be following me. Move from Isaac now. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in, No, no, that's 6-9. Go to 6-6. Six, six, before we go to 6-9. Six, 6-6, six, six, first of all. Okay. 6-7, uh, rather. 6-7. Six, 
This one is saying that to, to bless your pastor. Don't let me dwell on that now. That's not my focus tonight. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sweat, that shall he also reap. Yeah? 6 8. For it that sweat to his flesh shall of the revelation corruption, but it that sweat to the spirit shall. Ah, no. There's one there. Is it 6 5? It's the same chapter that says to do good to all men. Do good to all men, especially to the members of the household of faith. Okay, go to 6 9. Go to 6 9. Go to 6 9. 6 9 says, and let us not be willing well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we not. 10. Go to 6 10. Okay, that's it. As we have, therefore, opportunity. This is the time of opportunity. Every problem is an opportunity. Do you know what's in my head? I'm already thinking as a church. Lord, can you just bless us any moment from now that people come to church one Sunday morning and on every seat there's a package? Listen. Stuff, good ones, good, rich. No usher needs to distribute. Just once you have a seat, you have your package. No fight. Before you come, we would have put it there. I'm thinking like that. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good. Is that evil when you give somebody food? Come and talk to me, George. Say, let us do good unto how many people? All men. Whether they are members of our church or not, all men. All men. Now he now said, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. I close on meditation tonight. Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.15. That's our closing scripture. And we close. Hallelujah. Meditation makes it easy for you to hear God. But God speaks to you. He speaks to me the most when I'm meditating. Meditation helps you to travel into God's world of possibilities. Hmm. You needed to know what people told me before I went for my first visa interview, U.S. Meditate upon these things. Paul said to Timothy, his protege in the ministry, his son in the faith, give thyself partially. No, give thyself wholly. Your complete self to them. Why? So that your profiting may appear to all. Does that not sound like what God told Joshua? So that you may make your way prosperous. And so that you may have good success. Paul said, so that your profiting may appear to some. No, to all. I pray for you, your profiting will appear to all. But that prayer is not enough until you take action. Go home tonight. Pick one chapter. Meditate until the word becomes flesh. When the word becomes flesh, nobody can take it from you. Satan tries to steal the word of God from us. Not a word meditated on that has become part of you. How can you now take it from me that I'm a blessed man? I was in poverty when I found that scripture, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. That day, we, we, we were <laughs> in my mom's bedroom. Our bed was this bed she brought from the north. My mom lived in Meduguri for some years as a young lady. This iron bed that has springs, this generation doesn't know it. When you bounce on it, it will throw you up. You'll be bouncing like this, bouncing. I was on that bed in my boxer shorts and t-shirt with my Bible open to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. The light of that word entered into me. I'm a blessed man. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Now carrying the blessing of Abraham. I shouted for the first time in my life, I'm blessed! 
I didn't hear it as a sermon. I got it straight from meditation. From that day, I've been shouting, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. You can't take it away from me. It's not about when I have money or when I don't have money. I am a blessed man. Even if I don't have copper in my account, I'm blessed. Ephesians 1.3 says, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. Don't let anybody take it from you. Come, we'll come for VG. Want to break ancestral curses over your life? Tell them it doesn't exist anymore. I'm blessed. It's not for me. Arrange it for unbelievers. I jumped up that day. My mom thought, what's wrong with this boy? And he doesn't smoke a boat. Why is he shouting like this? I was shouting. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I was running. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Months down the line, I joined the singles fellowship of this church. We went for singles weekend, like a retreat somewhere, I think Mount Pleasant Hotel or something like that. And early in the morning, a brother came, Brother Lumide, many, many years ago. He whispered to me, Bro Fred, you are the one to take morning devotion. Me, morning devotion? Well, I'd never prayed before. <laughs> guess the message I preached. No, guess, guess, guess. It was my newest revelation. <laughs> In fact, it was my first. <laughs> After my salvation. I'm blessed. Man, they gave me five minutes. I was sweating the five minutes. I, I, I was sweating, they were sweating. I, because I, got, I didn't have a message, but I'm blessed. I said, I'm blessed. Say you are blessed. <laughs> and the spirit of the world entered into them. And everybody was shouting, oh, wow. That was a wonderful message. Oh, mommy, the message you go, I have only one. I'm blessed. <laughs> And if that's all you have, you have a message, amen? amen? If you really understand it, you are blessed. You can't cause a blessed man. Balaam, Balak hired Balaam. He said, come and curse the children of Israel for me. That's your job. You're a prophet of God. But curse them. I want you to just curse them. He paid them money. The man came, the prophet came. He opened his mouth and began to bless them. He said, are you mad? I told you to curse them. He said, you can't curse him that God has blessed. To be blessed is to be empowered to succeed. We flourish even in this economy. Amen? Watch out. This day, these are the days God will give you ideas. Ideas, concepts, insights that will rule the world. Amen? Stand on your feet, everybody, and do it for his glory. Amen? Are you blessed tonight? One of my friends carried that message to NYSC. Set NYSC on fire. <laughs> I'm blessed. He's <laughs> in America now. I'm blessed. That's all. He said, that was the only message I heard from you. Catholic boy. I'm blessed. Another one, Titan. I didn't preach a full message on Titan. I just told him. And now that connects you to the blessing. The blessing flow. Hallelujah. Don't listen to those who tell you this is not the time to tithe. When 20,000 comes in, you know it's very small. 20,000 is like 2,000 now. Manage it Title. Title. Are you listening to me, George? Pay your title. Title. Things are not tight for titles. Tithe. God doesn't need your 2,000. You need it. Give it to God and let him bless the rest. And you will live above the world. In the name of Jesus. I'll share the four other steps with us next week by the grace of God.
There are five I want to share with us. I've shared one successfully tonight. Believing God, meditation. I'll share the remaining four. To train your spirit. Go and start training from tonight. Train from tonight. When you start, 15 minutes, it might be boring at first. But as you continue, and you continue, you sleep off, you wake up. After a while, you start enjoying it. You come to the point of enjoying the word of God. You'll be there one hour. You say, ah, God, can I go and sleep now? You stay awake. You might stay awake all night on the word of God. And you'll be full of joy. Amen. Father, we thank you. Give him thanks tonight for the word. Give him thanks tonight. Come on, open your mouth. If you have been blessed, truly, bless, bless him tonight. He's the giver of the word. God gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it. Father, we honor you and we praise you. Thank you for your inspiration. Beyond my own preparation, you have done exceedingly well for us tonight. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, our teacher. We honor you. We adore you, King Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.